Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host Ryan this week, and joining me, as always, is Crofton. Crofton, how's it going? It goes there, Ryan. It goes. We were just having a pre-show chat where I think we're both in. You know, we talk about the show being about balancing our lives and stuff, and I just feel like I am a little bit out of balance right now. I'm I'm feeling it, and uh, uh, summer is rolling up. And I'm 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 hoping to get some vacation at the end of the month, and maybe that that'll help. But yeah, I'm just just feeling a bit out of whack. I feel you on that. I definitely feel you on that. And and I mean, I I went. It's weird. These last two weeks have kind of snuck up on me, and I have some fun stories to share. I have some positivity to, to like a lot of positive fun stuff to talk about. However, I did want to start a story which. Uh, I wanted to kick off with the story that I haven't shared with you, Crofton. I was tempted to tweet it, uh, DM it to you, be like to give you a heads up. But honestly, it felt like it would be better to just share it on the show with you because I'm sure you've had these moments and parents at home can probably sort of relate to these type of experiences. This happened actually pretty much the day after or maybe a couple days after we recorded our last episode. Ryan, uh, I have never, I have never shot my pants as an adult. If that's where this is going, <laughs> it's definitely not. It's definitely not going in that direction. Although um, poop is involved, but not not to the point of of pooping pants. Although I guess I have, I, I we'll get there. Anyways, what happened was uh, Abby is three. She's also a middle child, and I think that's important because I think we realized the issue here. Um, Abby's been really lashing out lately and really to the point of like, we're, we're, we're sitting here like, what is going on with, with our, uh, lovely, uh, daughter? What is going on with her? And, uh, one day we're like, okay, you got to go to your room, time out. Uh, we, we, you need a, you need a pause. So we send her to her room and, and we've made mistakes before where we'll send her to her room to just sort of sit timeout wise for a little bit. Uh, and she will, um, she will pee her pants on purpose, just sitting in her bed and she'll sit there and laugh at you. So like, we've kind of caught on and been like, okay, you're going to go to the bathroom. We're going to empty the tank before we, we put you on timeout. And, uh, and, and that usually works. She does a couple minutes of timeout. She comes downstairs. She says, Hey, I'm ready to come down now. I feel, feel a lot better. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm refreshed. I'm recentered. We're all good to go. Um, but in this case we said, Oh, go to the bathroom. So she goes to the bathroom and she closes the door and she's in there for a while. Like to the point of like, okay, you're clearly just delaying timeout. I'm downstairs working. Uh, Ashley calls me up. She says, uh, Ryan, you need to come up here. And I'm like, oh gosh, what? The, and it's like super calm, super chill, but almost like eye of the storm calm. Like I can hear it in her voice that like, Ugh, this isn't going to be good. So I come upstairs, I go to the bathroom and I see the floor is just covered in water, literally everywhere. Water just drenched and not to the point of like, oh, I spilled a cup of water, but literally coated the floor with water. And what had happened was Abby had decided, oh, I'm going to clean the floor. So she, we had this little like uh, bucket thing on top of the sink. She had like been bucketing water and tossing it all over the floor, drenching it, and uh, also unloaded all the toilet paper into the toilet. And I'm just standing there at the doorway, and I'm like, I don't know whether to like 
scream or walk away or like laugh. I had to stop myself from laughing because I think I was so frustrated that I <laughs> almost laughed my head off. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, uh, damage is in here now. Y- you go in your room. We're going to clean this up. So we're like sopping it all up. And then I go into her room and she's uh, naked because she was soaking wet as well. And uh, she had proceeded to pull everything out of her closet, not just her clothes, but also everything off the top shelf. She had climbed her dresser into the closet, pulling everything off the top shelf, which were stuff that wasn't even hers. It was like uh, just trinkets and heirlooms and stuff that had been sort of given to, to Abby. So we put it in the top shelf. And we're, and once again, it's just like, oh my God, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, seriously, you're already in trouble and you're doing more and you, you question her on it. And she's just like, yeah, I don't know, just, just doing my thing. And, uh, yeah, it all came down to the fact of like, Ashley and I were talking, I was like, what is going on here? And, and really, I, I feel bad that it's taken me this long to, to kind of, maybe make this connection but but both ashley and i talked it out and we kind of thought maybe is is this middle child syndrome oh damn it you were gonna say that weren't you no i was gonna say she has a drinking problem but middle (laughs) child syndrome is also is also possible yeah it's um it's not a drinking problem i i would imagine I would imagine, you know, we, so this is what we did. We, when we came to that conclusion, we said, okay, well, what can we try? Obviously what we can do is we can try try to just give her more attention. Mm -hmm. Cause really when it came right down to it, um, Caden has a school, so he's constantly being paid attention to there by his fellow classmates and his teachers. Isabel has, is a baby. So she's getting attention all the time. So Abigail's sitting there lit- literally in the middle, you know, room, the middle level of the of the house sometimes, just literally alone. You know, I'm downstairs working or with Caden and, Ab- and Ashley's upstairs with Isabel putting her down for a nap. And it, we can't, like, it literally was just like a light bulb went off. Like, it, it, it must be, that must be the case. Now, mind you, it hasn't improved overnight, but we've been making a point of, like, paying more attention to her and letting her talk because honestly, like, Caden does not know how to how to stop talking sometimes and you literally have to like stop him in his tracks so that Abby can get a get a word and that should not surprise you he almost replaced me on this show um if it weren't for his bedtime and Crofton's inability to record before 7 p.m he would be here right now so uh that's true and that might have solved your problem actually maybe I should look at Abby you know like (laughs) yeah Maybe that'll give her some talk time and, uh, and you know, give you a little bit of a break. It's funny because, you know, as soon as you started this story and you're talking about her, like, you know, wedding and all of this, I was just like thinking right off, you know, it's in middle child syndrome. And I think it's kind of like the self, the self-evident thing, especially when somebody has, you know, three kids, like. I have two kids and my youngest is three. So she is the baby. But we struggle with a lot of the things that you're talking about now. Like we're in it, we're in that environment where like, uh, you know, she is the only one that gets sent off. So I'm working at home. Jess is working at home. And my and my daughter is doing her e-learning, the six-year-old. And, and so the one kid that's getting shipped off to daycare is the three-year-old. So like, I mean, she comes back in the evening and – uh, you know, acts out often. And and I think one of the reasons that she does act out is because 
she is being surrounded with people all day and she needs like she needs a break she needs kind of like the opposite of what you guys are identifying you're identifying that abby is not getting her attention not getting her share and in in our case um i think clara's like hanging out with friends and it's just action action all day long and then she comes home and her sister's happy to see her she's been doing e-learning like there's often like a bunch of people from our neighborhood like we're hanging out outside and like kicking the ball around or just doing things and saying like hey clara come play with us and she's like no and in a bad in a bad mood and i think it's because she wants to chill like she's like so it's easy for three-year-olds are now independent enough in which that you kind of don't need to monitor them to the degree that you would previously like they're not like isabel they're not like a baby they're they they can do stuff and they can and then it it, it it's kind of natural to be like okay well like you know Caden, the oldest child is now old enough to be able to really have specific needs that they're able to articulate the youngest child is just like you can't leave alone or they're going to do something and so who's who's going to miss out on that time well it's going to be the middle child and there's only two at like there's two adults there's you and ashley and so like i mean if you each take care of one kid then one kid is not being taken care of right so um it, it, it is a tricky it's a tricky hopefully temporary situation uh it helps if the kids play together right uh or, or and, and give each other the attention uh, and, and right now like Caden being a boy abby being a girl you know that's a tough order to begin with but maybe with when isabel gets a little bit older abby will be like big sister to isabel and that'll be a little bit better i don't know yeah and, and that's the struggle right i i think right now um Abigail does like to play with Caden and Abigail likes to play with Isabel, but it's like a, it's like a light switch. Sometimes she's super keen to play with either of them and get along and there's no problems and you can kind of like, okay, I'm going to go make lunch or tidy up the kitchen or, 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 you know, do work. And, uh, but you can't leave them alone. (laughs) She, she will, uh, she'll be playing and then all of a sudden like, now I'm going to go do my own thing or I'm going to go. I'm going to take this thing and walk away. I'm going to take my this ball or this toy or whatever and, and go away. And, and clearly that upsets everybody. And I think like I, I, it's 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 been a but but we've been trying to kind of like address that by you know making sure she understands to share and to be gentle and with with Isabel and and also to, to let Caden know like uh, you know let him know that he has to kind of. He has to share too, and he has to get along. And he, it's, I think it's just it's what comes with having kids, right? Like we're preaching to the choir about how how kids can interact together, and but it really comes down to the fact that I think we have noticed a decrease in sort of her acting out. Although we're still, you know, we'll talk about it probably in the diapers because you know we've we we kind of made some progress on the on the on the sleep thing. But then, kind of fell behind a little bit, just due to the fact that, uh, uh, just due to the fact that we were we were away and we were at, we were at a cottage rental we had, and and uh, that kind of reset the whole sleep thing. But uh, yeah, it's it, it was just it was it's one of those stories where the whole bathroom slash bring everything out of your closet was like we haven't had one of those, and for a good solid week or two, we were very like you need to go to the bathroom, but I'm going to just like wait upstairs with you or wait outside the door just to make sure you don't, you know, 
quote unquote clean the floors. That's what she said she was doing. Oh, I was just cleaning the floors. And uh, th- that was not the case. I mean, the, the floors have never been cleaner, but uh, also worried about water damage. I think we got it, though. We, we figured that out. But it was a stressful couple days. Uh, it was not fun. Um, but I think we were pretty relieved and also a little frustrated with ourselves. Not as relieved as Abby, am I right? Well, I don't honestly know if she went to the bathroom. I think she literally just poured water all over the floor. But um, I do appreciate that. It's one of those things where I think we just, we we were relieved. We kind of like pointed out the fact it was probably middle child syndrome, but also a little frustrated that we, uh, like I was frustrated that I hadn't noticed it sooner because it felt like we should have, we should have, I should have known this a, a year ago when when isabel was born but again like then i said to myself well better late than never right i would hate for her to be like cursing the fact that she's a middle child for her whole life and maybe just have it for the first year of isabel's life like that's it's not the best but it's better than the alternative right so uh yeah that was my uh that was that's kicked off uh the two weeks between our episodes uh, but Crofton, like I did say, I want to kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to just share a bunch of parent parental horror stories. I do want to talk about the dungeons, light a torch, light a match, whatever you got near you. Let's head into the dungeons and talk about um, your time with the Series X. And it seems like you've been uh, running around the Game Pass library trying to figure out what to play. Yeah, I mean, I was I was thinking about this episode and, and just how little has changed in terms of, you know, I'm still listening to the Smartless podcast, which I've very much enjoyed. Uh, and I've been, I'm still reading Jason Schreier's book. I'm still screwing around in Game Pass. Like not, not much has changed on, on, in terms of, you know, in terms of what I've, what I've been doing. Al- although um, I think I've sort of, I'm sort of landed at this weird place with, with Game Pass where, I made this big financial investment both in the Series X and in Game Pass for the next little while, um, despite Ryan's life hack seen that last episode. Uh, there's So it becomes difficult to justify purchasing a game, like buying a game, right? But as you know, you buy something yourself, it comes with this added sense of like, I need to get my money's worth. I need to invest myself into this because I've invested myself financially into it. Whereas with Game Pass, it becomes the Netflix model. Well, can this hold my interest for two minutes? Um, And last time I was playing Control, uh, and I I won't say I'm off Control entirely, but, you know, it's, it's just if I had paid money for Control and if it was a game I owned... I would be seeing it through like right to the end. But now I'm just like, well, you know, maybe I'll try something else. And then I do. And and with the quick resume function on the Xbox Series X, you can literally bounce around between games very easily, like almost too easily. And I there I say that as if it's not a great service. It's somewhat almost a disadvantage in many ways because it, it means that you don't commit really to anything or it takes a lot for you to commit to something. Right. Um, and so because of that, uh, the game pass experience has been an odd one for me. Like I'm playing gears tactics right now. I tried Forza briefly. I never would have played a game like that before, like a driving game just to see like how pretty it would look. Um, I, I, uh, I, I tried um, like I installed a bunch of, a, a, 
a bunch of games, many of which I, I haven't tried. And in one of the uh, one of the ones that I've kind of just landed on, and this is like I think you were saying this, Ryan, last time. Sort of the other side of Game Pass is that you will play something that you would never really play otherwise, and then maybe that that's going to click with you, or that's maybe. And that's what happened with me with this game, Lonely Mountain. And uh, I think it has a subtitle. It, it, it's a, it's it's a mountain biking game essentially. Uh, and it's a low, you know, low-fi, low-budget. Uses sort of graphical, uh, graphical style that's kind of, kind of low-budget. And it's just like it's kind of a Zen game to play. Uh, you start at the top of a mountain and you bike to the bottom of it. And, and uh, there's two sort of control schemes you can use and. Um, Gwen likes one. She really likes this game. I I like the other. And uh, we uh, and then then there's challenges. You get down the first time. There are checkpoints for when you bail and and then and then you do the challenges. You got to do it in a certain amount of time. And it's just like each run, each mountain. There's not so many courses, but they're absolutely loaded to bear with shortcuts. And it reminds me of when I would play San Francisco Rush on. Uh, like the arcade machine cabinet in college, like we loved that racing game, and one of it was because there'd be these shortcuts, that, and they would they you'd have to you'd have to find them. Mountain biking game, it's a little bit more open. The shortcuts are a little bit more noticeable, but it's still it's still pretty pretty cool in in how that it works. And so it's also a game that I like. I listen to a podcast and I'll play it. Like I have like an hour. I'm like I'm just gonna listen to podcast and play this mountain biking game. And before I make it sound like it's so zen, it's more akin to a game like Trials where you bail over and over and over. And like, like especially if you're taking the shortcuts, you're trying to shave seconds off your time. Uh, and then you retry, retry again, again. And uh, that can frustrate some people who don't like that, like Super Meat Boy style of like, oh, I'm down again, again. Like it's not an easy game by any means, but it is super fun. And uh, it has just grown in like over time. I'm just like, okay, I played around the gears tactics. That was pretty fun. Oh, you know what? I'm going to do some more lonely mountain. I keep going back to lonely mountain. And uh, so, yeah, I just big recommend for me that game, uh, especially if you have a game pass, you just download it. You don't have to like, there's a lot of content there if you want it. And I sort of feel like I'm slowly unraveling it, but you know, you don't have to, it feels very much like, Oh, I could just, Go down, unlock the next mountain. Go down that one, you know. Just keep going. So anyway, good. It really, really fun game actually. And I uh, talked to my friend who's into mountain biking uh, about it, and I said, "Oh, it really makes me interested in mountain biking." You always talk about mountain biking. I played this video game. It's made me interested in mountain biking. And he's like, "Oh yeah, mountain biking's awesome. Like you're just climbing up the hill, just sweating." And I'm like, "Oh, you go up the hill?" And he's like. <laughs> He's like, yeah, what, what what else do you think you do? I'm like, well, I play a video game. They just start you on the top and you just go down the hill. And he's like, oh, no, no, like that down is very short. Like you're just – it's going up is most of it. Like finding – I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not interested in that. I'm like, forget I asked about mountain biking. I'll just play my video game. But, uh, but, but yeah, anyway, great game. I played this one and uh, I think I struggle with the controls a little bit because it is more of a – it's kind of like a physics puzzler, isn't it? That's fair to say. The full name, by the way, is Lonely Mountains uh, colon downhill, which uh, maybe for for my friend there'd be a Lonely Mountains colon uphill, and that would be lame. Uh, but yeah, it is. It well, it's a physics puzzler in the sense in the sense that you're on a mountain bike with suspension going down a hill, and you can 
smack into things, but it's not a physics puzzler in the sense where you're like on a board trying to lift something and a, fill a cup of water to balance the weight and all of that. Like it's not, it's just, it just has physics in it. And especially in the way that you take your bales and stuff. And like, if you accelerate and you want to, you don't want to hold the gas or all the time you want to, you know, slow down, but there are two, um, there are two control methods, as I mentioned. And I will be honest, like when I started playing, it was a little off putting to me, the, the default control method, but I got used to it. And now I could not do without it. Whereas my daughter, we switch control methods and she always is frustrated. Cause I'll be like, Hey, do you want to play the mountain biking game? She's like, Oh yes. And then she'll be like, Oh, it's all broken. And I'm like, Oh, it's, it's cause of the controls here. I'll switch them. And then, I, then I go and I, uh, I switch them. So I would say to anybody, if they're bouncing off it, just switch the control scheme. Um, one, one is you're controlling because it's from sort of an isometric top point of view. You're not seeing what your mountain biker sees. Like you're seeing your character on screen and one is controlling. Like if you hit left, it, you, your, your mountain biker will turn left no matter what way he's facing. And the other control scheme is if you hit left, you will go left on the screen. Uh, and Gwen needs that. She needs it so like doesn't matter what way her mountain bike is facing. When she hits left, it'll go left on the screen. For me, I have it, and the default controls is if I I hit left, my bike will turn like my guy will turn left, even if he's facing say downhill and left is right on the screen. I'm not sure if I'm explaining that correctly, but either way, like it's worth trying to, trying the different modes. And I, you know, like I, it's just so funny to me. Like I've been playing these massive triple budget Xbox Game Pass games, and then there's some that are on my system, and I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. And I keep thinking about going back to Horizon. I'm like, oh, that was the one that the last single player game that really sunk its teeth in, into me. But I got this new console, should really find something, you know, like, uh, and uh, and of all games, this game that I could get on my PC or whatever is, uh, or on Switch or whatever, this lo fi game is the one that grabbed me. But it is really nice playing it on the big TV and all of that. Like, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change anything on that. It's a, it's a, it's a cool game. Might not be for everyone, but it definitely clicked for me. And I kind of like. That's the thing on Game Pass. You're more likely to get into those types of games. Like there's another like roguelike neon something I'm playing, and I'm enjoying that as well. Uh, but not to the degree that I'm enjoying the Lonely Mountains Downhill game. Nice. Yeah. There's a great thing about Game Pass in that really and the series x as well i I think that's where the series s kind of comes into play as like okay maybe maybe that is a suitable console as a secondary console after having a ps5 obviously i really like console gaming so i wanted to have like the best xbox that was available at the time but even with the series x i don't think you should be worried that you're playing game pass games that aren't really testing um testing your 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 new console because at the end of the day those games are going to come and uh as of this recording e3 is just around the corner xbox is going to have its media briefing on sunday and i wouldn't be surprised if there's like some day one game pass games that get announced for uh uh coming out you know some big ones coming out like next week that you'll be able to check out and also you'll have uh, that dark alliance game you wanted to play which is a day one game pass game on series x so you'll have something new to play very soon i think that comes out in just a couple weeks so 
Yeah, that's yeah. I know you're right. The it, it, I the E3 stuff is interested interesting to me this year on all fronts, but I do my expectations are super tempered in the sense that um, I am aware that that it's the COVID is catching up to these companies and their production schedules, and this year is going to be a slow year. My feeling is the fall season this year is going to be like there's not going to be many reveals for later this year. It's going to be it's going to be next year and beyond, and I totally get that. I think I think really like I'm just still dying for like that single player game to invest in. And I, again, I do have The Last of Us Two and the shrink wrap. I could go back to my PS4 unwrap that. I could go back to my PS4 play Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I was looking to get something on the Xbox that would, that would, you know, scratch that itch. And I just haven't quite yet, although I, you know, I didn't talk too much about Gears Tactics. I I have been very pleasantly surprised by that game, but none in which that I'm just like invested in. This is what all I want to play. So, and you're right. They will come like it's, it's going to come. It's going to be, it's going to be fine. Um, and, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I just find like, there's nothing that's really get me going lately. The only thing that's come close is this lo-fi mountain biking game. Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, speaking of another industry that I think has kind of figured out the production during COVID, it's a little easier than, uh, well, we could have those conversations, whether it's easier than game development, uh, in, in terms of COVID, but the transition here is that I'm going to talk about Loki, which is a new Disney Plus series. Honestly, I shouldn't have to frame it that way because I feel like Disney's really been pushing this one for some reason uh, from a marketing standpoint. And uh, this will be spoiler free. I watched uh, the first episode. It's all that is available at this time. Um, I feel like I have to watch it again, though, because uh, Ashley and I tried to watch it on the day where we're going to talk about the cottage in a bit. But on the last night, we were at the cottage where we were both super exhausted. The kids had stayed up for a couple extra hours for a campfire. And I was like, I really just want to watch Loki. Like, I, I don't want to let it sit for another day. Uh, although, you know, spoilers, people have been pretty good about it. There's really not a whole lot to spoil outside of, like, the concept of the show. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll add this one to the pile in terms of, you know, a will they, won't they, uh, spoiler cast, uh, at this rate, we could just do a 2021 slate of, uh, Marvel television and movies for, for spoilers, but, uh, maybe we'll add that to the list. Um, but Crofton, I know you had, we talked pre-show, I know you haven't had a chance to watch it. You're actually, uh, forgoing watching it tonight because we're podcasting and you made sure to let me know that, uh, which was great, but Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. It's my it is my fault, honestly, because uh we were supposed to record last night, but that still wouldn't have helped you. You could have watched Loki last night. What are we what are we doing here? Hey, don't blame me. You had an extra day. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. All right, fine. Um so are you excited for, for this series? Because I feel like I feel like I'm starting to get that like uh the third series, like I was really excited for WandaVision. Falcon the Winter Soldier really lived up to expectations, and now I'm like is should i be excited about loki i don't know so to answer your question no i am not excited for loki but here's here's the other thing i wasn't excited for falcon in the winter soldier and i wasn't excited for wandavision either um i was perfectly sated after avengers endgame and i wasn't even sure that i would be back into the mcu so early um but the pandemic combined with what do we watch oh there's a big budget show maybe we should check it out 
worked wonders into getting us to, to my wife and I to give these shows the time of day. And honestly, you know, nitpicking aside, really enjoyed in the same way that I enjoy a Marvel movie, both the previous series, but going into them, I was not interested. And again, I am not interested. And so I expect, but but again, I am going to watch it because we're like, what do we watch right now? Like, I, we would like to watch a show together. We would like to, you know, like let's. Well, you know, this one is getting a lot of hype. It's the MCU. We're we're really invested in the whole thing. We might as well watch it. But again, like from the previews and from everything, it looks like it's doing some weird, crazy stuff, or like changing changing stuff up, or or doing doing things that that taking a character and putting him in uh, in unusual situations that the movies wouldn't necessarily uh, approach. And that is super appealing. So I do think it is possible that at the end of the Loki series, I'm like, wow, that was so good. But really, I, I'm not enthused for it. And in terms of like Loki, I know he has a major fan following. Um, and uh, I, I'm just like, I, I find he's a great character. Like I really enjoy him, but not to the point that I, I've ever been like, oh, I want him to be the protagonist, right? Um, I will say, though, like, and I, I'm not sure if you would agree with this or not, but, like, like all these TV shows are, are not the A-listers, right? It's not like Iron Man or Captain America, the TV show. It's, like, the, the side characters, and, and they get fully developed or they get further developed in these shows. I would say that of the characters, like, pre their shows – Loki was is probably the biggest star, like the prig the biggest like, like like you know, um, Vision and Wanda before their show were kind of like you know bit characters in the MCU. Uh, I think you can make a stronger case for the Winter Soldier, probably not Falcon, who again was just like a side character, um, as as not really that big a character. But Loki is the closest, in my opinion, to a big star that they've had leading a show like a big character that's played a huge role in the mcu film verse uh and so maybe that's why disney's getting behind him with the promotion i don't know that that makes sense to me from a standpoint of we know people love loki loki is a uh he's he's always been a big draw for the thor films and after avengers he kind of blew up and I think that that makes sense. Um, I would agree with you that I think most of the TV shows have been sort of focusing on, when we say B-list characters, like almost like secondary characters. But I think the shows have also brought those secondary characters to the foreground because we needed to after losing like half the primary cast of, of Avengers. Um, and most of those those folks, you even look at future series like Hawkeye, where you were, uh, you were taking Hawkeye from the background of the Avengers team and sort of bringing him forward, but also, you know, bringing in a new generation. Um, but I think that when you look at Loki... Oh, shit, there's a, there's a Hawkeye series? Oh, man, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> oh, God, Hawkeye? He's getting his own show? Well, geez, I take it all back. These characters are amazing. Uh, no, no, that's a case textbook and case in point i could not give a shit but i expect that maybe that show will be great now I, I will enjoy it but uh, i i would not care about a hawkeye show people are excited about uh kate bishop who is uh being played by Haley steinfeld i think is her name and uh i guess she's a, a really fun actress so she'll be playing 
sort of the next generation of, of Hawkeyes, I guess. Um, but with Loki, what happens in the series is that it picks up right at the point in Endgame where Loki picks up the Tesseract and he teleports out. And when I think back to Endgame, and I'd be curious if you agree with this, when I think back to Endgame, I feel like that was one or two of the moments where it's like, okay, what are they doing here? Is this like a... this That moment really felt like it A, wasn't earned at the time, and B, just felt like a random like okay, what are we doing here? Like you've, you've now sent Loki off into the, into the wherevers and and they could drop it from a sense of like, they needed it to send them, have to send them down the rabbit hole even further to get the time stones or the the stones rather. But in the moment, it felt like very much like a, okay, what are they going to do with that? Because I feel like Loki, you know, Loki's dead, but now you have this Loki that's kind of like escaped from that specific moment in time, which can create, um other branching timelines and and they've explained how bad that is and they don't seem to be at all worried and you kind of assume in the background well captain america probably sorted all that out you know because he had all the ability to just jump around time and he probably put loki back in in that time timeline right but um obviously the show addresses that but in endgame like did you feel like that moment felt kind of kind of cheap or kind of just like out of place it it did feel like like um, like when you watch a film, you, and and I know we've been trained by years of the MCU not to expect closure, but when you watch a film, you expect the loose ends to be tied up, right? Like it's like, and, and especially for the final film in what what is a, a giant series, like everything to be nicely wrapped up, and so that scene did feel, and I get what you're saying, it did feel particularly odd in the sense that it was clearly not resolved in the Endgame film and was left hanging. And it was essentially what you would call a backdoor pilot yeah. for this, for this, for this show. And, and, um, and that wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't have been such a huge problem except for the fact that like, they didn't need to kill Loki like in, in what was it? It's the beginning of infinity war, right? He's killed. And um, they they could have instead of doing this, they could have they could have just used that Loki, kept him alive. Like there there's no they they seem to write themselves these challenges in the MCU. Like it's just right now, I've been absolutely super impressed at how much they've managed to balance their continuity and all their storylines. But as soon as Endgame started going into the time travel stuff, I was like, oh man, it's going to get messy right fast. Like I've read enough comic books to know where this ends up. You know, it's, it ends up being like retconning giant things saying that they never happen, whatever, like introducing new characters or ignoring entire things entire like completely. And compared to like, see the X-Men universe and, and others, like I just find the MCU has been well managed for lack of a better term like everything seems to sink in together and when when loki disappeared i was just like and it wasn't resolved in that movie and it was like a nudge nudge wink wink we're going to be doing this in future things and it's not even the main loki it's like some weird side loki it just feels like they set themselves up for so much like a, a really difficult challenging situation in terms of keeping everything together um 
as they move forward in what was already a challenging situation because the movie involves them going through time and taking all the, like they had already messed with all of that stuff. So I'm just curious, like um, as we go into the multiverse of madness and all of these other things, if, if it's just, if the MCU is going to go off the rails, that's always what I'm sort of worried about. Yeah. And uh, you know, not, I'll keep, still keep it spoiler free, but I mean, to address those concerns, the Loki show does in the in this first episode address the end game conundrum of Loki leaving and you you know exactly where that Loki is and what this show is doing with that Loki and uh, I think it works. Uh you know, if you enjoyed Loki, you know Tom Hiddleston's portrayal of Loki in past films, um even if you didn't like Loki in Avengers as the bad guy, I feel like they because this is the Loki right after Avengers, the first film where he's lost, and you know you can imagine how bitter he is about that. Um, they still they find a way to kind of like give you more of like a mixture between like Thor three and the Loki from the end of Avengers, and they kind of mix that in a way where, depending on what version of Loki you liked, I think you're getting some you're getting a little bit of everything there because the world that Loki is is thrust into kind of brings those characteristics forward and um you you get you you get you know a mixture of like the you know kneel before me loki and also the fun lovable you know god of mischief loki and there's a little bit of all that in the first episode and uh i'm excited to see where it goes because like it really sets up you know this interesting like okay who are who are the big bad guys in the MCU, like, what are we dealing with here? How does this impact? That's been, always been the question about these series uh, with Disney Plus is like, how does it impact the future of the MCU? And does it make it more interesting? I think WandaVision made it more interesting. It made me look forward to, um, you know, Doctor Strange a little bit more. And uh, obviously, Falcon and the Winter Soldier made me look forward to the future of Captain America. And I think with Loki, we're not necessarily, I don't think we're going to, it's going to make you excited for, oh, I can't wait to see more Loki. It's going to be, I can't wait to see how the MCU kind of maybe possibly deals with this, or it all could just be one big bottle series that just doesn't impact it whatsoever. And it all gets reset. Who knows how they do it, but uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. They're long episodes. Uh, the first one's 50 minutes. So you're going to want to tuck in for that. But uh, when we both get a chance to watch it, by the time we record next, we'll have three episodes possibly uh, under our belts. So uh, maybe we can talk a little bit more about it then. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on Loki. I, I will say just a, a one last thing there. When mm-hmm. you were recapping the series, that Wanda, like one of the things that has been so impressive about them is that Wanda's vision was really like beyond a superhero thing, beyond a homage to sitcoms. It was about a character dealing with their grief. Like it was a, it was a, a character profile. It was really more about Wanda than Vision, and it was about about her dealing with her her grief. Um, well, Falcon and the Winter Soldier had tons of plot, had tons of characters, had lots of stuff going on, but at the core was about Sam Wilson dealing with like you know, America's past and, and, you know, race relations and the coming to terms with, with becoming the new captain America, this mantle that's thrust upon him by Steve Rogers. 
And, and so those are like heavy topics and they're character pieces. Um, and they, they really further the Wanda character and they really further the Sam Wilson character, both neither vision nor Bucky really, like they both got a little bit of furthering, but really the, the main, the main sort of arc was, was around these Wanda and Sam. If they're able to do that with Loki and if they're able to address some greater thing, um, and some greater theme that is able to be unpacked in a television series, other than just the plot and jokes and a character, then I think that will be a success. If it's just, you know, Loki doing Loki shenanigans uh, with, with, you know, jokes and, and like cool visual effects, then I think it'll in the end be kind of hollow. So uh, I'll be curious to see where, you know, where they land with that and what the overall sort of plan is for it. But uh, I will for sure watch it. Cool. Well, I look forward to more thoughts on Loki as we continue to enjoy Disney Plus and its many, many offerings of Marvel and Star Wars and all that fun stuff. Uh, and Mighty Ducks, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, speaking of which, let's move over to the diapers. It's not in any way connected, but uh, I'm going to use that transition anyways. Um, Crofton, I'm curious. We talked about this briefly last episode, but you have now had a chance to watch mitchell's versus the machines with your daughter gwen and i know you tweeted about it and i did warn you that uh you would cry did you cry because i think you tweeted you cried so if you lied in your tweet that's it's against the twitter rules i think so so before i answer your question (laughs) i i will just i just want to talk about this movie mitchell's versus the machines which was um originally like in development called connected uh, and uh, and they they changed the name and there's a lot of back behind the scenes antics with regards to this film, where it, it ended up on Netflix. It ended up, um, but it is not like to call it a Netflix film is such a disservice because this is a film. It's an animated film. Uh, it, it's animated in the style, like it has its own visual style. But if if I'm gonna associate it to anything, it's gonna be something like uh, Into the Spider Verse, which is uh, apropos because it's made by the same sort of animators and production team. Uh, it's uh, Phil Lord and uh, what's the other? Uh, Lord Chris Miller, Miller? Christopher Miller? Miller, yeah, a Lord Miller production. That's right. Um, and um, and uh, yeah, it's so it's it's uh, it has a good pedigree, but also it's like like it is a triple A animated film that is like you know I I think we've been associating Netflix for a long time, or at least I have, with being like uh, a B B minus content oh you see the latest series on netflix yeah it's all right like we just spent a lot of time talking about loki and some of the other disney plus series i think when we think about the mandalorian and all these we're talking about like a plus series and i think that there's or a's and and i don't think there's a ton of those or we don't i don't feel like when the netflix name i don't associate with a ton of those i associate them with quantity not necessarily quality but i don't associate them with crap either like just kind of b's and b minus and so for a movie like this, um, animated film, I was like, it was, I was home with my, my, um, my daughter and I was like, Hey, do you want to watch a movie? Cause my other daughter, as we discussed, I ship off to daycare. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like it was, uh, it was a movie that would have been clearly been too scary for a, a three-year-old, although it is not really that scary. And when I, when I refresh the plot, which Ryan has mentioned previously, it's going, it's going to seem scary. Uh, but, uh, it, it's really like the, the, um, 
the long and short of the plot is that it's it's a family just sort of dysfunctional uh dad mom two kids go on a road trip to take their uh, their eldest girl who's just getting got accepted into film college to the college then there's a robot apocalypse that happens because the Apple company of this world called PAL in this world launches an Apple robot. And of course it runs amok. Uh, needless to say, there's a lot of commentary, like the original title connected, a lot of commentary on, on our use of smartphones or use of all of that sort of stuff. The dad is like a really like a techno technological Luddite doesn't really know any of this stuff would rather be in the woods, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, and there, so there's that generational disconnect. Um, and, and so they do this road trip to take her to college, somewhat against her will. She wanted to just fly there. Um, and then the robot apocalypse happens. And then, and then they, in the end, for, for reasons, they, they are the last caught and they have to save the world, right? Um, but so that's the core. But just in, in terms of like we just talked about the Disney things and I said like, you know, there's a lot of plot in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but at its core, it is about this thing, right? It is about Sam Wilson's growth as a character. And uh, and in this film, all the machines and all the light show and all of the everything is tied to the relationship between the father and the daughter. So it's a father-daughter movie, and they're somewhat estranged. She can't wait to be out of the house and, and go off to college. And uh, obviously, like it is a family movie, so I'm not going to spoil the end, but things start getting better for them thanks to working together to stop the robot apocalypse. The other family members get their time and they're good and there's lots of jokes and there's lots of stuff. But the daddy and daughter are are, are the core here. And uh, I have now realized since having kids that I am emotionally susceptible to most things like I am much more like like I, I get into like even commercials I'll be like oh my god what's what's going on with me but if there's if there's a daddy daughter thing I, again I I have two daughters like oh gee I am I am done and so this this film played me hard and uh and by the end of it i was yeah i would like i was in tears and uh my daughter who was watching it with me and like we're snuggled up on the couch she looks up and she's like are you okay and i'm like oh oh yeah i just you know i i just uh i just just watch the movie all right just watch the movie and, and she's like okay and, and then uh, afterwards i i you know we we talked about the movie and like we saw completely different movies right like uh uh I, I i'm like do you understand some of the choices the dad made to give up his you know like and she's like no i don't i don't get any of that i just know there were robot laser beams and the and, and jokes and dinosaurs you know and i'm like okay okay so we saw it completely different movies but we both really enjoyed it and man like i don't watch many movies these days i really don't um you know you just talked about loki being 50 minutes and me being like oh jesus that you know it's that too long like i it's so funny as a parent of young kids you know investing that much time is so challenging especially you're not going to the movie theaters and this is a kid's movie so it's much shorter i haven't seen that many movies i go so far as to say this is the best movie i've seen in like a year and i i think that i would be comfortable saying that now that's contextualized by saying i haven't seen a lot of movies but i mean it, it was a good movie and i recommend everybody sees it you got kids see it don't have kids see it old person see it young person see it everyone will like it mm. yeah no i agree i think that movie 
is, yeah, probably one of my favorite movies I've seen in the last year. I mean, when you think back to what movies we might have seen, <laughs> it's like there's not a lot of a, a competition. And, and, and like you, you know, I always like to have that like 20 to 30 minute background show just to be like, wow, we only have like 30 minutes of like before we are exhausted, let's just watch something. And uh, right now we've talked about this. It's Superstore that we're watching and, I, and that show's growing on me. But, you know, Loki being 50 minutes, like as soon as I said that to Ashley, she's like, oh God, we just like, we just had a long day. Let's see if we can fit it in. And I did the the telltale like, well, let's just see, let's just start it. And then this way I can get it out of my system. Then we'll finish it when we get home. Of course, we, we watched the whole thing because we also struggle with jumping out of a show. But like Handmaid's Tale is also quite long. And we only like to have like a couple shows week to week that we're juggling that are that are longer than that 20 minute sort of quick in and out type watch. But, um, you know, Mitchell's versus the machines, we made an afternoon of it, you know, the kids and I just to kind of watch it and and was really glad I I did, you know, we did watch it together as a family, because I think it's one of those rare animated films that has something for the adults, the parents in the room, as well as the kids. And the perfect example that you, you nailed it was like, you asked your, your daughter at the end of it, like, what did you enjoy most? Like, did you, you know, pick up on these plot lines? And, uh, uh, you know, she didn't, or, you know, most kids are gonna be like, Oh, they had funny talking robots that shot each other, you know, with their laser beams. And I think like, that's, that's the core right there is like, of course, like, it's a balancing act where you don't want the parent, the stuff the parents are noticing to like bog down the film in a way where the kids get bored. And I think this film also balances that really well where, you know, the moments where it's like kind of revealing what the father did to support his family. Um, it's sort of like layered in a way where it's still entertaining for the kids, but it's really delivering that that point home to the uh, to the parents in the room. And yeah, it was a it was a film that I watched and honestly was like, you know, uh, I'm the same way. Like I, I, I've always been, you know susceptible to that sort of stuff like a little more emotional when it comes to like those stupid commercials before the cinemas uh, open all the scotia bank like to, they they like specifically design a cartoon advertisement for for banking that's gonna like make you cry um i don't know if you it's been a while since we've been to the theater so you probably don't know what i'm talking about um but i specifically remember these. i know those those emotionally manipulative ads so i i know them and i, I like I'm not saying I think you did a good job of explaining how it's layered and how the, how the film it's just like tonally you know they're so good like the Into the Spider-Verse uh, I was saying about Into the Spider-Verse and Mitchell's and the versus Machines and like like because they're both made by the same sort of crew and how much I love Into the Spider-Verse and how I'm such a huge Spider-Man fan and then it's like you know Mitchell's versus the Machines is fresh in my mind but I'm like is this a better movie I'm like I don't even know you know maybe it's just Maybe it's, it's different, or you know, I see myself in it more because this is where I am in my life at this moment. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it is a great it is a great movie. So uh, and I I just I also really enjoyed watching it with my daughter. And like I think I've been doing it like I'm, I'm not saying I'm doing a disservice by playing a lot of video games with her, but um, we're like she's we play uh, quite a few games together we have their, our games going on and for a long time she kicked me to the curb to play Stardew Valley with her uh, mom and now they've sort of wrapped that up and there was there was a time where she sort of got into the iPad a bit and we play cut the rope and a couple of these old uh, old games cuz her friends kept 
like on the street were like play this freemium crap game full of ads and i was like like uh nope we're not gonna be doing that we're gonna be finding something better but she uh she saw me screwing around on game pass and she saw dragon quest 11 and uh, we had played the demo on switch you may recall we played right to the end and then i didn't pay the money and you can import your game uh but you know we ended up going with breath of the wild and all this but she wanted to play it again so we are replaying it now on xbox series x or at least the first part the part that was you know covered in the demo but the demo is ridiculously long but we're having a great time and honestly i expect that next next episode i'll have a big thing on dragon quest 11 but the reason the the fact that we play these games together means that we don't watch movies and or we seldom do um and uh, i feel bad about that like i think that we'll i'll try to uh, you know like it strikes me that we would go to disney world and she wouldn't know like half the characters because like unlike most parents i'm not like showing her a bunch of disney not because i have anything against it just because like we're playing mario instead you know um so uh so it is it is uh it is the thing where i like we were trying to decide between like three movies there's this on disney plus raya the disney and the dragon or something and and i so we watched both trailers i'm like which one and there's this one called my octopus teacher it's a documentary that it's on netflix uh supposed to be very educational so of course she didn't want to watch that um but uh but but you know like i'm gonna try to watch more movies with with gwen i think it was a really fun experience just doing that you know she's at the age where it's where you know six six and a half almost seven yeah no, movies are a lot of fun to watch with the kids, and I and I think like, um, it's very rare we find a film where we can get both Abby and Caden to sit still through a film, and I think uh, uh, Mitchell's vs. Machines was one of them, um, and uh, Raya was another one. They both really liked Raya. Uh, it's it's another one, you know, rife with Disney death, but uh, that's that's just something that comes with the territory of watching those films because you know they don't. They don't often like truly kill characters, uh, so you just got to deal with that. Um, but uh, I did, I did mention, I, I alluded to the fact that um, you know I just got. That's the reason we delayed the show is I, I had just gotten back um, from a cottage, not the cottage. I have to make that you know pretty clear. Like we don't have a cottage, a family cottage. Uh, we rented one months back um, because I, you know, Ashley and I were just like we're just. It feels like we've been in this house for a year or more and i know that is completely accurate because the pandemic started a year or more ago um and i and i said to ashley it's like we we do need to go we need we need to go somewhere for even uh in this case we went for three nights just to get away uh from the house and we made sure to do it as safely as possible obviously a lot of these airbnb places they've been operating when they can um and following specific guidelines of uh you know cleaning and and all that fun stuff uh, but we took a step further. We wanted to make sure, like, we didn't have to leave the cottage uh, for for much of anything, especially like uh, you know entertaining the kids. So we got a we 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 lucked out. We found a, a cottage that was nicely priced. Uh, it had a play structure on site and its own beach sort of beachfront sort of access. They had all the water you know water uh, crafts and stuff that we could use there. Uh, like a paddleboard and a canoe and kayak and stuff and uh yeah we just i think the kids really appreciated sort of just being away from the house because we hadn't really we haven't gone anywhere i guess it would be basically it's been two years uh since the last time we rented a cottage so like 
it was for Abby's second birthday. So like, I, I think she, I don't know if she remembers going, but Caden definitely remembered going and, and he was, uh, stoked to be going again. Both kids were stoked to be going to the, to a cottage. Um, and, uh, we had a lot of fun. Like it was really, it was all, it was all for the kids, of course, because like, I don't think Ashley and I really had much energy at the end of it. Cause like, not only are you dealing with, you know, entertaining the kids all day, um, we swam like basically the whole, we spent all of the time in the lake. Uh, and I know it sounds like I'm complaining, but like the kids had a blast, like, you know, they're, they like swimming now. Um, I was surprised like Caden, <laughs> I'm not a big, like water, you know, a boat, a big boat person. Um, I appreciate boats, but like, especially like paddle crafts, I like the idea of paddle crafts, but I'm like, I've never been good at them. Um, so obviously we took the canoe out for a little bit. I was like, Nope, not doing that again. Uh, and I was, the kayak didn't feel right. I don't like constricting my legs, but, uh, Caden, I, he went in the kayak once and he was like all about it. Like the whole three days we were there, like he'd get, pull the kayak into the water. He'd get into it. He'd paddle it around, you know, to the dock and back. And I'd be with him the whole time. Just, you know, I had this like deep seated fear of like him just like floating out into the middle of the lake. So I like, I was always on him. Um, but he would like paddle out to the dock, paddle back, you know, beach it, bring it up on the beach, do, do some swimming and then go back to the kayak, rinse, repeat. And you just do that constantly. Like all we were in the water from like 8am until like 1pm. Ashley went in and put Isabel down and I stayed in the water with the kids. And it was just a lot of that. So obviously by the end of it, we're exhausted and uh, Ashley's, you know, we're, the kids are dealing with being in a strange place. So they're waking up even earlier uh, and I said, I just said to Ashley, like, you know what, I'm going to show Caden how to turn on Netflix in the morning. He can just watch, they can watch cartoons in the morning. It'll give us some time to kind of wake up and, and, you know, make coffee and, and have breakfast and stuff. So that worked really well. And, uh, yeah, we, we had a blast. And as I said, the last night we, uh, we did a campfire, um, and the kids really liked that. They ended up going to bed at nine. So that's when we watched Ashley and I watched Loki. It's like, well, it's nine o'clock. We, we should probably go to bed which is what we did every night. Like once the kids went down, it's like at nine o'clock, we were just exhausted. But yeah, like... What did you watch Loki on? Oh, we, well, we watched it on Disney+. Plus. No, I... <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't understand the question. <laughs> There's no other way to watch... True. No, watch that's true. So I watched it on a TV. Like... Uh... A TV in the in the cottage yeah the so um doesn't sound like much of a cottage sounds like a mansion oh come on okay think about who you're talking to like this this is uh for me Did have like, a pool that you could fill in no they didn't have a pool although i i joked that uh you had asked me if it was a family cottage and i and i joked saying like no we had to rent this one because the family cottage we tore down filled in with sand and sold the plot of land <laughs> I and believed it too. You did believe me. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't. I don't blame you for believing me uh, with, with what has hap- what has transpired on uh, on my land. But um, yeah, it's just it, it, like yeah, no. We we had a TV. This is a cottage. Like to me, that's what a cottage is. Like a, uh, I know <laughs> to me that's what, a cottage. To me, is a sort of like it's, it's like just a, a second house. This is what it's all a- these things are, really. It's a movie theater. It's got to have a PS5, an Xbox Series X. It doesn't, I don't like it if it's near water, maybe somewhere like in the city. Uh, that's what a cottage is to Ryan Murphy. Well, okay. And this is the funny thing you bring that up because the first quote unquote cottage we rented, uh, it was, it was not a cottage. It was just a house uh, in an area that had like 
cottage country-esque locations like beachfronts and parks and stuff like that. But this was, by all definitions, a cottage. It was, yeah, I don't know, like, I know a lot of people have different definitions of what a cottage is. Like, I guess you could sort of, they call it, they called it a lake house. So maybe that's what it was more like. Just like, is a cottage literally just four walls, a bed and a sink and a fridge maybe? I mean, it it depends. Like, it's lost all meaning in Canada. Like, it is definitely, uh, you know, I I know a lot of people that refer to their cottage and it's just, it's a lake house is essentially what it is. And I think that 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 is a fair statement. But what it traditionally was was something much more rustic like not a winterized property for instance like uh something that that you couldn't possibly be in a winter because it wouldn't be heated or it wouldn't be um you know it would have four you know it would have walls have a very you know basic running water maybe you'd have to put pills in the water to be able to drink it you know like that that's that's sort of like how i how i associate cottages with and it's funny because we go we rent often uh we didn't last year but at this place where there's these rustic cottages and we're always like it's a little too rustic you know because they are they are essentially cottages like what i'm describing to you is cottages like they are like you know definitely you could not live in there in the winter and and that um but uh but no this sounds great and honestly i am happy that you guys did this and you you know you got out and you got out of your house and you went somewhere different and you had like a a change of scenery and the kids got to have all sorts of fun experiences goodness knows they probably needed it um and um and yeah no i i i you know i i think that's that's great and i I will just say like as a this is like a little little aside because i don't know about you but it's been where was it a heat wave over there like we had a heat wave here in in ottawa the past few days yeah we it wasn't too bad uh we were up in near bancroft we were just outside bancroft and well, it doesn't mean anything to me. You could be saying you're up oh, in God. Bob the Cajun. Yukon. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. That's a callback. Uh, Crofton really only knows Ottawa, Gatineau, and a little bit of a little bit more of Quebec, and that's about it, right? No, I know, I know, like the big cities, like the Torontos and Hamiltons, and like the Ottawas and the even the Guelphs. Like I, I know this, but like you're up in this sort of weird world that I'm, I'm not as familiar with. And then there's a bunch of these towns that I'm not as familiar with, but Avril Lavigne is from half of them, you know. Napoli, um, it's yeah. just. Yeah, so I'm just uh, – you don't need to name drop them to prove you know them, Ryan. I, I, I get it. But what I was going to say to you is just like a, like we, we had an insane like breaking heat records heat wave the past few days. And uh, one thing that has been absolutely fantastic, and I've, I can't believe I didn't think about this before now, and it's just like in terms of making fun of Ryan, this this is just perfect. Um, the uh, – is, is we made friends with neighbors that have an in-ground pool <laughs> and uh and it is amazing and they are so nice and we went like four days in a row and i felt that we were taking advantage of their hospitality every day going to be after school she'd be she'd be like can i go swim in their pool and I, you know she she we would ask and and they they have a daughter uh, a little younger than gwen and it'd be like come on over and We've been, we've been swimming there, um, and uh, I think that we're going to be welcome to swim a good chunk of the summer there as well. Um, and and I almost feel, Ryan, like I, I always feel like I am I have some sort of scam going because 
everybody is so appreciative of me because I swim in the pool with the kids. Like it is a big in-ground pool and it's a heat wave, but all the moms for some reason are just like, you know, sitting, sitting there and they're having a drink around the pool. Nobody's getting in the pool except the kids. And yes, I get it. The kids are in there for like hours or whatever, but I just, I, I go in and everybody feels much more comfortable. There's an adult in the pool. I'm a good swimmer, you know? And so, uh, so it feels like, I, you know, people, I, I'm like, thank you so much for having us over to your pool. They're like, Oh, thank you for swimming with the kids. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, I, you know, whatever it'd be, it, it'd be like if I had, you know, if the kids were coming over to my place and we were all playing video games together and I was playing a video game and they were all watching me because they can't swim very well. Like I'm the good swimmer. So they're mostly watching me do fun stuff. But, uh, but like if I'm playing a video game and they're all watching and, and then the parents are after, Oh, thank you for entertaining the kids by playing video games. I'd be like, yeah, sure. No problem. It's a win-win for everybody, you know? Uh, and so, uh, so that's how it, how it is uh, right now. And I have to say, it's like, what well, it's like, kitty corner from our house like out front out the front door three houses down and they have like a for, for where we live in particular a quite large um in ground pool in their backyard and i i never knew this uh and uh yeah so it is it's not the cottage ryan it's not the cottage uh, uh but it is it, it is an in-ground pool one thing though is that like you know uh maybe one day I will. I will just show up in the middle of the night with a backhoe and just fill it in, and then tell them, <laughs> and then tell them. Uh, my friend says this is better. You know, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to help, but uh, but but I will say in your defense, the only thing better than having a pool is having a friend with a pool. So if you guys like, if you fill in your backyard and you make it a nice backyard, that's that's great. As long as you make now make a friend that has a pool. I think you now that your kids love swimming in the lake, like you're gonna, Caden's gonna have to kayak somewhere, Ryan. Well, it's it it is it is interesting. Like I think, I think you're right. Like having a friend with a pool is a much better option than having an, your own in ground pool. And it's just the maintenance of these pools is atrocious. The safety hazards, like. Every time you hear that back door open, you're going to be worried that it's your kid getting out there. And, you know, we've covered this on the show before, but you're right. Having a friend with a pool, which again, like across the street, Caden and Abigail um, have made uh, quick friends with their neighbor across the street who has this big giant in-ground pool. Um, and uh, he's he said, anytime we want to go swimming, we can go swimming. So again, like Best of both worlds. We have a backyard with a smaller pool that we can happily let the kids go in and play by themselves because all they have to do is stand up. You know, we, we still watch them. We don't let them go in without us. But uh, we set that up today and Kate and Abigail were in it right away, even though it was filled with freezing cold uh, hose water. Um, but they were in it. No problem. Uh, but yeah, like uh, maintaining a pool sucks. And uh, that's probably why those parents are so stoked that you're over there and, and allowing you to come over there because you know you work so hard to maintain that pool and keep it going you want people to use it so i totally get it that's what they said they're like yeah like it's great it's great that people are, are, are using the pool and stuff but i'm like yeah like i the, we go down to the city the you know, the city pool isn't open yet but it's like you know a waiting pool type thing and like compared to that waiting pool, this thing is like the Ritz Carlton of pools, you know. And I, I'm just anyway for me, I just think it's it, it's fantastic. And I'm I, as much as I said I'm hitting the wall lately, 
with the advent of this pool, with the fact that I'm soon going to be able to start going over to my mom's and come back a little bit more. It was her 75th birthday this past weekend. Happy birthday, mom. You're not listening to this. I don't blame you. Um, but that's uh, just because she's not in our demographic listeners. I appreciate all of you. It's just, you know, if I told mom I was doing a podcast, she would be like, oh, that's nice. But she wouldn't know what I'm talking about. Um, the, uh, yeah, but, uh, but with that, with the, the swimming at my mom's, swimming swimming at, at our neighbors, and Gwen is going to be going to a day camp uh, that has a that has a saltwater pool outside and stuff like that. I, I expect like she's already made huge leaps. I, I'm, I expect that we're going to have a swim filled summer, and hopefully uh, by the end of the summer, everybody will be will do be doing well on the swimming front, and maybe I will be able to shed some of this massive amount of poundage I've accrued during the the COVID period. You know. It's good exercise. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, definitely enjoy that nice swimming uh, weather. And uh, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, That is going to do it for our show. That there concludes our diapers section. And therefore the show, you can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. Email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. Let us know about your thoughts on this constant constant uh reminder of uh of of in-ground pools and how great they are um you can follow us on twitter you can find me at r murphy crofton at crofton steers and the show at dnd cast it's going to do it for this episode crofton of dungeons and diapers have yourselves a great couple weeks and we'll see you at the end of june email us and tell us how much you like pools bye everyone curse you steers Curse you!